When someone receives a cancer diagnosis, it's a very lonely feeling. How can we help anyone understand they're not alone in their battle with cancer? Well, alone is the key word here, and I believe talking and discussing about the power and the impact of community and being connected to community, caring and encouraging people can provide support that will ultimately build hope for them. Well, on this podcast then, Percy, let's talk about how the power of community is supporting cancer patients and their caregivers. Let's talk about it. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. And welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We're going to talk about building a village today, a community of support around cancer victims. Well, as the old adage once says, it takes a village to raise a person or to nurture a person. The same can be said about encouraging and bringing people to a point of movement in their lives under stress and circumstances. We have a guest who's going to join us who understands this completely. Linda Glass will be here later in just a few minutes talking with Percy on health, hope, and inspiration. And we want to make this an interactive program today, Percy, because we have a question we want to pose to our listeners. We do. And with that being said, the question for today that we'd like to get some feedback from you is this. How has being a part of a community of people affected by cancer impacted or benefited you? How has being a part of a community of people affected by cancer benefited you? We want to hear that today. Give us some feedback. Let us know how how you've reacted to that. Right. HHIquestions.com. We'll repeat that later in the program today. With locations in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a comprehensive cancer care network that takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about the questions you may have by simply calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. I'll tell you about a resource we're offering here in just a moment, but let's begin with the scriptures. The word of the Lord will say to us today, Wayne, found in Romans 12, verse 10 through 13, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. Verse 13 says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager 
to practice hospitality. Sounds like community to me. It sounds like community, and it sounds like the conversation we're going to have today. All right, we'll meet our guests in a moment. Percy, I know you know this, but cancer patients and their families have a great variety of practical needs. Some of the needs are expected and some are unanticipated, but we all can help by providing support and much-needed relief from the demands of daily life for those going through a cancer journey. So we've put together a resource. It's called Practical Needs of Cancer Patients, and it's available right now at Health Hope and inspiration.com. Well, Percy, on one of your recent trips to Atlanta, Georgia, you sat down to meet our guest and you bring her to us now here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Well, with me today is Linda Glass, and I am excited to have her, uh, who is going to be sharing today her story of being a 30-year cancer survivor. Uh, She uh, is a volunteer, and she works with the Cancer Fighters Volunteer Group at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Atlanta, and she's been doing that now for seven years. Welcome to the show, Linda. How are you? you. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. Good morning. Well, first of all, uh, as I noted when I first saw you, I love your eyewear. You have just the the greatest eyewear, and it's very (laughs) chic, and it's very hip, uh, and uh, it just fits your face so well, and you Thank look like you. you're just full of energy and, and you're vibrant. Thank you for being on the Thank show today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, as mentioned in the uh, uh, introduction, you are a 30-year mm-hmm. breast cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it again very slowly for people who didn't mm-hmm. hear me. 30-year breast cancer survivor, and we need to really celebrate that uh, because, again, we live in a day and age that... Uh, I don't think still quite as much that people are overwhelmed when they hear the word cancer, but I do think that people need to continue to hear that there are more and more people who are living and surviving cancer than any time ever before, and that there are people who have been on that side of that conversation, as in your case, 30 years now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about being a, uh, what, what were you thinking the day that you were told that you had cancer? Where were you and how did you feel about that? My, I had a young daughter. My immediate gut reaction was, I'm going to beat this. I have a child. I'm going to have to have faith. This is going to have to get me there. Okay. This is just not going to happen. Okay. We didn't know as much about, we didn't have, it was really a little over 30 years ago. We didn't have a lot of the um, testing and treatments and methods that we have now. Mm-hmm. Even a lot of the medications and stuff sure. didn't exist then. Great advancements have taken Great, place over 30 tremendous years. tremendous advancements. And more importantly, breast cancer wasn't talked about much then. We mm. didn't have Susan G. Coleman. Mm. We didn't have pink ribbons. Mm. People weren't talking about breast cancers and mastectomies. And it, it wasn't, uh, there wasn't a discussion out there. There weren't even support groups. Yep. And so I really just had my doctor to rely on and, and, my, and a, my, my village, so to speak. Sure. And um, so I, I had to really just count on trusting the professionals. Okay. And God, that's all I could go, that's all I could go on. I, I didn't even get second opinions back then. And, and you're exactly right. Everything that you said is absolutely true. Uh, thank God we're in a different place mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. uh, technologically, uh, treatment-wise. Uh, just a completely, almost a completely different world than 30 years ago. When you first were told that you had cancer, who did you reach out to when you first were told that you had cancer? Actually, my best friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've now been friends for almost 50 years. And 
And how important was it for you to have somebody that you could reach out to and say whatever it is that you said and respond however you responded? It was very important because many people, um, you, you want to be careful what you say to your family. Mm-hmm. You want to protect your family. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't want to let them know you're scared. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I see this every day. People want to put on the front and be brave for their family, but you go to your safe person that's not going to judge you if you're uh, afraid. Uh, They're not going to judge you if you're cavalier about it. Mm-hmm. I tended to be maybe perhaps cavalier. Okay. Um, just because that's just the way I was. Got it. I, I you know, I've, I've got this, and I'm going to do what I can do. And well, I, it's interesting that, and you've said it now two or three times in in the short period that we've been talking. Uh, you're exactly right. Cancer, uh, the conversation of cancer, and still in some cases today, not quite as much. Uh, I call it the the wall of silence when people initially have been told that they have cancer. Or if someone tells individuals, and so it's interesting that you would use the distinction, a safe person, Mm -hmm. that the wall of silence goes up. People stop talking. People stop communicating. People don't know what to say. Uh, People don't know how to say certain things. So communication in many cases just shuts down. Exactly. So you you found a safe person Mm -hmm. and, and you reached out to that individual and obviously Uh, And I would assume also uh, the fact that you also are a person that uh, embraces faith on some level in your personal life, uh, that faith was an important part of that that road that you traveled as well. Faith has served me in many situations in my life. Okay. My health, my daughter's health. It's faith has served me in many, many, many ways that way. Okay. And uh, with that being said... uh, did, were you, and, and it doesn't matter if you were or weren't, because uh, you used the term earlier, village, were you part of a faith community that you reached out no, to? No, I wasn't okay. particularly. Okay, and that's fine. Yeah, not then, but you learn quick. <laughs> yeah, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But no, I wasn't, actually. Yeah. So as we move fast forward, again, 30 years you know, now, uh, later, you also now work with and have worked with a group called Cancer Fighters mm-hmm. as a volunteer, and of course... Uh, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. This is a kind of an organized, uh, deliberate, and intentional group of people uh, who support other cancer patients. Let's talk a little bit about the work that you do as a cancer fighter. Because, you know, there are still individuals in the co- in the cancer community who struggle with the word fight. And that's another conversation, and that's mm. another show for yeah. another day. But cancer fighters is what, and what do you do with cancer fighters? I... Um First of all, cancer fighters at CTCA, and we're universal in all five of our hospitals, we provide activities for the patients and uh, discussion groups, whether it be um, fighting chemo brain or fighting fatigue or caregiver support groups. Mm-hmm. And um, my in meeting and, and dealing with the patients, I let them know what we have available to them okay. and encourage them to attend. And we, we have other we have a lot of fun activities. We have crochet and bingo, and there's all kinds of fun activities for yeah for flash the mobs that I hear at some oh, of the other yeah, hospitals. Music, you, you, karaoke. Yeah, yeah you, that's exactly right. Art classes, <laughs> all mm-hmm. kind of things. A lot of art classes, but so it's. I often tell the patients that it's not about the group that you're in, or the. It's not about necessarily about the activity you're doing, but it's about the community. 
you're getting to meet other patients, you're getting to share stories, mm-hmm. and that's the important part. Nobody, you're not alone. Yeah. And like I always tell them, you have one thing in common with everybody here. You're here because you have cancer. Yeah. So you have one, one thing in common. Now you get to know them. I've had patients that found out they went to the same school. They were in the same fraternity. Interesting. They lived three blocks from each other wow. when they were children. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's, so, it's to provide and share and give hope. Our patients like to hear other patients' success stories, mm. the problems that they've had. Maybe you can't tell your family. For example, if a patient is exhausted from chemo sure. and uh, they might want to say to another patient that they um, are afraid to tell their family how tired mm. they are. Their family doesn't understand how tired they are. Mm-hmm. So I kind of find patients that kind of enjoy that conversation with each other and then help them to know what we have available for them, what conversation groups, support groups are there for them. And so, and of course, I'm very familiar with the Cancer Fighter group and functionality of it. But for our audience, if I could synthesize, you know, the and all of the different dynamics and expressions of Cancer Fighters, really Cancer Fighters is is a way to help uh, network cancer patients absolutely with other people in the cancer community for no other purpose but other than to give them like-minded like experienced in some cases because in some cases as i understand cancer fighters also intentionally tries to connect people with the same quote-unquote mm-hmm. types of cancer to talk with other individuals from a support perspective exactly. as well and so the, the the dynamic here is again to your point to create a village for people where people, because you are true and it is true that I have seen this, that there are some cancer patients who come to treat who absolutely have no family supporting them or no caregivers. And they're, they're, they're trying to walk that path along. Mm-hmm. And I've met very few cancer fighters who has survived or put up in a, 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 an effective battle by themselves. They need help and assistance. Absolutely. So what motivated you to want to be a cancer fighter? Again, obviously you're a 30-year survivor, but well, what was the impetus of that? I just feel very fortunate. I feel very, very blessed. And I, friends and family encouraged me. I, I've always been involved with um, I, I, when we lived in Florida, I worked with hospice, for example. Okay. So I've always been involved that way. Yep. And when we moved here from Florida, I was just waiting to find my niche where I think I could help. Okay. And then, lo and behold, this this hospital was built. So dare I say, I'll put some words in your mouth, and if they don't fit, you take them mm-hmm. right out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, dare I say, for you, this has you were looking for. And maybe not in the terms that I'll use it, but a type of ministry. Ministry means simply to serve a servant. Exactly. Exactly. Those are the words. And so uh, when you found Cancer Fighters and uh, somewhere that you could serve those, uh, obviously you've been there, done that, and you have the T-shirt to prove it. Exactly. You can speak from a perspective that would at least align with, you know, on some level, uh, the experience of, of a journey of cancer. Uh how about an example of some things that you've seen? And again, we won't share any patient's name or personal information. What are some of the scenario, general type of scenarios that many cancer patients are experiencing? What are some of the struggles that they may be having that you've been able to at least be ear to, if not support of? A lot of the struggles stem from the unknown. And I, you know, I always try to tell the patients, you 
just take one day at a time, one step at a time, okay, and let good. God handle the rest. Yeah, yeah. Because they, sometimes they come in here thinking they're going to get immediate results right. and they're going to have answers right away. Yeah. And all they want is some encouragement. And that's where my history, and I love nothing more than having a meeting a patient that has a particular type of cancer. Let's say her name is Mary. And I know a man over here, that Bob, and yeah. he has the same kind of cancer mm-hmm. he did. And he's a survivor of seven years, yeah. or he's only coming back for his annual appointments mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I love nothing more than connecting her, with, I, our patients with each other okay. to share those stories of what they have in common. Yeah. And I've seen this scenario. I've seen people's face just totally light up, and they go, oh, my gosh, you had those symptoms? And you only come back once a year for checkups for the right. last six years, yeah. seven years, ten years? Yeah. And they need that encouragement because they're, unless, unless their family has experienced cancer, maybe they don't know that's possible. Sure. And then on the other hand, many patients are very afraid because they have a lot of cancer in their family. Yeah. And some of it has not been great outcomes. Right. And they don't want to be the next family member. Okay. So they need to, they love hearing from other patients perhaps that might have had they're the fifth or sixth cancer survivor, the third cancer survivor in their family. Yeah. And they go, oh my gosh, maybe there's hope for me too. And so really what I'm hearing you say, and it's it's kind of equivalent to anything that, that happens in life, being able to speak to someone who has been someplace where you're trying to go uh, and to kind of see them on the other side of that certainly does give a person a sense of hope. I often say it this way, you know, we oftentimes will tell people to swim to the other shore, but we don't give them a shoreline to swim toward. You know, they, they've got to see. That's exactly right. So with that, you, you've been able to do that and you, you do quite a bit of that. Um, let's talk about the role of faith that you've seen. You, mm-hmm. you, you've already articulated that faith for you was an important part of your journey and a help and support to you. And again, we want to be very clear. We are not talking about faith in substitution of good clinical care. We are talking about people who are talking to their doctors, receiving medical care as you did. Uh, But along with that, being supported mentally and emotionally with the idea of their faith in God and that God is with them and for them. Uh, Have you seen or experienced at any point in time with some patients uh, a situation where you you saw what you thought was a godlike moment, and again, we're not talking about necessarily anything other than you walked away going, "I know that God was in the midst of this situation," and that person's faith really buoyed them uh, to be able to move through that scenario or situation. It didn't take the place of their medical care, but it helped support them while undergoing their medical treatment. So many occasions, so many times a day. Wow. I see it so frequently. Okay. I started out here one day, wondering one day a week, then it was two days a week, and now it's sometimes two and a half, three days a week. Okay. Because I, I, it's to see these patients go through what they go through, and you just, I see the light. I just see the light go on them sometimes. Mm. And it might be when they are going in for their results for their test. And we, every, there's a lot of hand-holding and praying here together. Okay. Strangers, families. I, I, I wish I could have everybody here that I've held hands and prayed with. I wish I could have and, them for Thanksgiving dinner because we feel like a family. And that's encouraged within it's this clinical so, environment. Oh, my goodness sakes, yes. Oh, very much so. You know, I've, we've had patients sitting perhaps at a, dining, a table in the dining room. Yes. 
And they might just be with one other person in their family or maybe just friends. Mm-hmm. You don't know what their dynamic is. But you'll see one of them crying. And sometimes you might see the other one at a loss uh-huh. or comforting it. I guarantee you will almost always see somebody get up from another table and go over and hold hands and pray with them. Wow. It's so moving. Just part of the culture <laughs> and the just, environment. You know, patients actually, when I meet them, and whether it's their first day or their third day, they will say, oh, they'll meet a new patient, that, and they'll say, did you feel it when you walked in those doors? Hmm. Did, they said, I just, you, did, you, did you feel it? They go, so it wasn't just me, the other person will yeah, say. Yeah. And they say, yeah. And I, I, yeah, it's, I hear that all the time. All the time. I mean, news people's faith. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, the, and and it's, it's a powerful thing to be able to say because you cannot, um, you cannot fake an environment. You mm-hmm. cannot fake a culture. Mm-hmm. A culture is something that's very organic and it's very real. And either you feel it or you don't feel mm-hmm. it, you know. Well, also, I think we all have seeds of faith within us. And sometimes it takes a crisis for us to feed and nourish it so yeah. it can survive. Absolutely. And I and this lends itself to that. The, the patients, yeah, they, they get every bit of that here. It's amazing. Um, I, I know you're a pastoral care staff here very well, Reverend yeah. Chip Gordon and uh, Sister Connie and Reverend LaWanda Long and, and et cetera. Uh, what's your relationship with the pastoral care team here at CTCA at Atlanta? Well, first of all, when I when I first came here, um, every time we opened a new room, a new space in the building, Pastor Chip would that we would pray. Yep. In that space. Yep. And I love that. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. Well, I know you guys dedicated have, the floors and oh, wrote walls, scriptures on the, the floor and the walls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. is. And that's wonderful. And our patients love to hear those stories yeah. about that. Yeah. When we say, well, I feel it. I Look, I've had patients tell me that they got their cancer diagnosis and they went home and blew the dust off their Bible. Wow. Wow. I've had patients tell me that's that. That's huge. And when they get here, they... They wish they'd done it sooner. <laughs> but I, you know, kind of like what my husband said a while ago, I, um, some of the patients I envy, their faith is just palpable. Yeah. It's so deep. Sure. For so long that I, we, I, I will tell my, my family or in the end of the day, my husband will, will talk about it and I'll go, it's her, her faith got her through. Yeah. That, you know, it's, we see it. <laughs> And it's interesting, and you made reference to your husband, and I, I negated to make the point for our audience that you are married to Dr. Bill Glass, who is uh, a CTCA cardiologist, and he's been uh, at CTCA for, for three years. And so not only are you a 30-year cancer survivor, not only are you working with the Cancer Fighters Volunteer Group, but you also have the privilege of being married to one of the physicians at Cancer Treatment mm-hmm. Centers of America. So, you you have and being a patient. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, and and you have been a patient. So you you have you have a basis by which to speak from that I think lends itself to some credibility. With the closing seconds that we have left, um, what's one thing uh, that gives Linda hope? What drives your hope? Encourage somebody today with not what should encourage them. What encourages you and what gives you hope today, sweetie? You know, Christopher Reeves said it best, and he, he, sh- he would know. Yeah, he would. 
if you have hope, anything's possible. Mm. And I've always believed that. And not just with regards to health, but many, many things, yeah. many aspects in life. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, uh, I think that a person needs to take one day. That I, I, I'm, I, every day I go home, every morning when I get up, and at the end of the day, I measure my gratitude. Yeah, I acknowledge my gratitude, mm-hmm. and that confirms the faith and the hope. And seeing what we do here, seeing that that that's what that's all it takes. Just have to believe. Let God handle it. <laughs> so with that being said, what's next for Linda? What's on your agenda? What's on the horizon for you? I'm going to do it as long as I can do it. So you're going to drive it till the brakes fall sure. off of it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, don't let this white hair fool you. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm confident that you have plenty of gas left in the tank. There's no question about that. Yeah, for me. That I, I am. I These patients encourage. That's why I'm I don't not here just one day a week. That's why I... Oftentimes come in with patients that to, to sit with the family member before they go into surgery sure. or to see them before they leave and to celebrate. We ring that bell when they finish their last treatment. This place gives me hope. This, these patients do. <laughs> Today you've heard from Linda Glass, who is a 30-year breast cancer survivor. Uh, she volunteers her time at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Atlanta, now seven years supporting cancer patients, connecting cancer patients with other cancer patients, and basically being inspired and motivated by the faith and the hope of those who continue to fight every day with regard to cancer, who is also married to Dr. Bill Glass, uh, who is a 50-year cardiologist today. We tip our cap to you and we salute you, Linda. Thank you for your energy, your love, and your commitment. Thank you. May the best still yet come in your life as you move forward. Thank you. I appreciate that. Have a great day. Thank you. It was great to meet Linda today and hear about cancer fighters. We'll talk more with Percy about cancer fighters in just a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a comprehensive cancer care network. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America use a state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, Percy, as we talk about a community of people reaching out to uh, cancer patients and their families, uh, this idea of cancer fighters really intrigues me. Well, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, we have empowered uh, a group of volunteers, primarily but not exclusively made up of former cancer patients, who basically uh, have really dedicated their time to connect with other current cancer patients and to connect them with like-minded people and like uh, diagnosed uh, types of cancers mm-hmm. to basically encourage and, pr- and provide this community. But again, understanding the fact that the cancer community is a bit unique, uh, as, as all communities are. They have unique dynamics and needs and so on and so forth. So this is really specifically around the ability to mentally and emotionally uh, and spiritually encourage people to walk through the battle and the journey of, of being a cancer patient and connecting with others who have been there uh, to share with them their experiences and in some cases hopefully empower them to give them the strength that to believe 
that potentially they can get to the other side of that process. So it's a group of yeah. of uh, uh, caregivers who are volunteers, and they connect, they meet, they have outings, uh, they speak to folks on the telephone, and it's a network of, of volunteers. Well, we can talk more about what we learned from Linda uh, a moment ago, but I also want to let our listeners know that we are looking for an answer to this question that we've posed today. How has being a part of a community of people affected by cancer benefited you? Perhaps you have been benefited directly by the Cancer Fighter Group or some similar group. We'd like to hear about that. Absolutely. So again, in some way, you know, if you have had contact and have been impacted uh, with individuals connected to the community of people affected by cancer, we'd like to hear how that was a benefit and a value to you. Reach out to us. Let us know. And again, that uh, that answer, that response can be given to us at hhiquestions.com, H hiquestions.com. I look forward to seeing those responses. Well, Linda is not about to give up what she does. Well, she's only been around for a while. She's a 30-year cancer survivor, <laughs> first of all. So yeah. she she knows from whence she's come. And then, of course, uh, she's married to uh, a cardiologist, a physician who works in the cancer community. So she's very closely related to this entire environment. But clearly, when you listen to her, she understands the value and the import of having, again, community, being surrounded with people that that you love and care for and that you've committed yourself to, and just allowing individuals. And one of the statements that she made that I thought was very uh, interesting is finding a safe person to speak to because it is true. uh, Now that I've gone through and am going through my journey of cancer, uh, you have to become very mindful of who you share that information with because you really want to be mindful of who you want to get feedback from because you get a lot of very interesting reactions and remarks, uh, Wayne, that sometimes are not warranted or unsolicited and are not helpful for Mm -hmm. you. So again, she made the point very clear, finding a safe person and hopefully that can be within a community of people who understand and have some sense of insight to the walk and the battle and the journey of being a cancer patient. I thought it was interesting that she felt very supported by her local hospital chaplain. Absolutely. And again, understanding that uh, the role that they play in that context uh, also becomes very crucial because obviously people are looking for uh, spiritual insight, spiritual answers, and spiritual direction. And so though you may be able to receive that for someone that is not in the clergy, hopefully there's someone within the contextual environment that is a part of the spiritual community that can also be an advocate and a source and a resource to you. And of course, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, spiritual help is provided as desired by the patient. That is correct. So again, spirituality and religion certainly is not forced upon anyone. Uh, We respect the fact that everyone is not necessarily located or ready for that type of conversation at that time. And of course, if and when they are, then that will be readily available to them when needed. Well, thank you, Linda. Thank you for uh, sharing your experience with us here today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Uh, One more time, let's uh, let everyone know that we have a question on the table today. How has being a part of a community of people affected by cancer benefited you personally? Well, Percy, I wish we had a little more time, but let's uh, let's wrap things up today and let's return to that that Bible passage that means so much now in context. Well, I, yeah, I think the scripture says it all and it ties this together very nicely. Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 10, 11, and 13. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. 
Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Verse 13 is our operative verse. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Or I would say be ready to be a community around them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Mm -hmm. And if you'd like ideas of what to do, ask for this resource online at our website, Practical Needs of Cancer Patients. It's available for download right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And when you go to that website, you can listen to this podcast directly, mm-hmm. or when you go to the uh, subscribe to this podcast button and then Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. you can leave a review of this podcast there on Apple iTunes. And that's always very helpful. Absolutely. Good reminder. And we want to hear from you. Please give us some feedback. And please let others know uh, the value and the benefit of the show. It all starts at healthhopeandinspiration.com. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Reverend Percy McCray. Percy, great to be with you again. As always, I'll see you next time. God bless. Keep chopping the wood. We've got work to do. Talk to you next time. This has been Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.